Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's Two Dudes in a Kitchen with Tyler Florence and Wells Adams, an iHeartRadio podcast. All right, everyone, welcome into another episode of Two Dudes in a Kitchen. Wells Adams hanging out with you alongside Tyler Florence, who is in front of, I think, his new storefront in the San Francisco Miller and Lux Provisions. Is that right? Is that where you are? Or are you just in like some alley somewhere? I know, right? Kind of yes and yes. So downtown San Francisco, right in the heart of beautiful Union Square. We could be more thrilled. And just want to sincerely thank everybody in San Francisco for coming out. So it's been great. I think I saw on social media, it looked like a croissant, but then it also looked like it had ice cream in it. Is that something that you're serving out there? <laughs> let, me, let me get one. Yeah. Hang on. Go get one. Yes, bro. Are you ready for this, brother? Yeah. So do you show me what, what the hell I saw on Instagram because it was amazing. Bang. So this is what we call our ice cream croissant cone, right? And it's our fresh, fresh baked croissant mm-hmm. with Strauss organic ice cream. Oof. hyped into the croissant. So the croissant is an ice cream cone and it is absolutely delicious. It looks absolutely amazing. And so, yeah, so it's, it's Strauss organic ice cream piped into a croissant. And I don't know what else you want. I just think it, it's, it tastes so good. And the cool thing about it is you can get a couple of bites into the ice cream and you can pick the whole croissant up and eat like an ice cream sandwich. And it doesn't yeah. drip. Well, congratulations and everything. That's amazing. And if you guys are in San Francisco, make sure you go down to Miller and Lux Provisions, see Tyler, see this amazing installation, do some shopping and uh, yeah, bring San Francisco back to its former glory. Bring San Francisco back. We're lucky to be a part of this with the city of San Francisco and you know, we just want everybody to come out and, and celebrate the glory of San Francisco all over again. Just fall in love with it all over again and have some ice cream and some desserts. I love that. That's awesome. So I'm going to fall in love with today's episode. I'm very excited to do it. Uh, We do these every couple or so episodes where we answer some fan questions out there and we kind of just give Tyler the floor and have him uh, kind of rain down upon us all this amazing culinary knowledge. So we're going to take a quick break and we come back on Two Dudes in the Kitchen. We are going to answer some fan questions. Stick around. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Balboa Park. Give me a woo. 
roller coaster. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, welcome back to Two Dudes in a Kitchen. Today is answering audience questions. Very excited for these episodes because we really get to see like the inner workings of the mad genius that is Tyler Florence. So, Tyler, are you ready for this? Yeah, listen, I'm always ready for it. And I'm so glad that we get a chance to do these. It's starting to feel like once a month now mm-hmm. because they do stack up. And if you're not sure how to get your question through, the fastest way is to direct message us on Instagram through the two dudes in a kitchen Instagram page. That's probably the fastest way to get your question answered, folded into the mix. And then whenever we can pick up a really good episode like this, I just I just think it's great because this is where the rubber meets the road. And ultimately I think you and I hitting hitting the road and going doing some of these things live. I'm ready. Let's go. Would feel like a lot of fun. So yeah. So everybody out there listening right now, if you'd love to have Wells and I in your city you know, doing a fun cook along and, you know, answering a bunch of questions is having a good time out. Uh, listen, we'll bring some steaks, we'll bring some truffles, bring some wine. Uh, we'll have a good time with it. And uh, this just kind of feels like a really good uh, thing that we're working on. So I am ready for you, my friend. Okay. This first one is from Maureen Milligan. She asked, uh, I would like to know an idea for a sheet pan dinner that's easy. Okay. I think sheet pan dinners are really cool. And one of the things I often say to young parents, specifically with small children, is that roasting your vegetables on a sheet pan is the fastest way for your kids to love vegetables. So I, I think that's really great. Oh, my God. Yes. Thank you, Matt. Look at that, brother. Ooh, it's got like a little top hat. Yeah, it's got like a little hat. So it's uh, we take a third of the croissant, we lop it off, and then we uh, pipe ever so beautifully, like a nice big triple swirl, and then uh, garnish it with a couple of chocolate pieces. And I think that's, isn't that just magical, man? That's amazing. I wish I was in San Francisco right now. Yeah, it's good. Back to sheet pan. So the difference between like boiling Brussels sprouts and roasting Brussels sprouts, the difference between them smelling like cabbage and then tasting absolutely delicious, right? So so um, I think if you could think through, you know, roasting uh, vegetables, 
roasting potatoes, uh, roasting protein like chicken breast on a sheet tray, sheet, sheet tray I think you can get all this done. So um, I'm just going to riff on a recipe really fast, but I think this will be really delicious. Okay, so so chicken breast, seasoned with salt and pepper, on a sheet tray, uh, drizzled with olive oil. Um, I want you to take some Brussels sprouts. You're going to cut them in half, and I want you, I want you to give those a quick blanch in water. I think that'll be really important. So they kind of cook evenly, and and most importantly, they start to really begin to roast uh, where they begin to fall apart, and they taste like caramelized and and delicious. Really. You know, the kind of flavors you expect to taste right now. And I think butternut squash would be a nice flavor profile with that as well. And if you want one more vegetable, it would be fun. Beets? Beets would be kind of cool. I think, uh, yeah, beets could be kind of interesting if you like beets, right? I mean, mushrooms could be kind of fun with mm-hmm. that too, right? If you did mushrooms, Brussels sprouts, and butternut squash. Or if you did Brussels sprouts, but then the same recipe thing, that's what I like about this. The vegetables can morph throughout the year. So it could be summer squash and tomatoes. You drizzle a little bit of pesto. It could be... You know, it could be, gosh, anything, cauliflower, it could be anything, right? So chicken breast, let's say we, you got four chicken breasts lined up on a sheet tray with Brussels sprouts that have been blanched. Let's, you want some bacon on that? I like bacon, right? Yeah. Are we doing the chicken yeah. breast skin side up? I, I'm assuming it's boneless, skinless chicken breast, right? Okay. That's the most popular thing, right? So boneless, skinless chicken breast, seasoned with salt and pepper. Now, if you like lemon pepper, cool, you know, whatever, you know, Lowry's garlic salt, I think that's really delicious on, on chicken breast. And then so on... Uh, four chicken breasts, salt, pepper, olive oil on a sheet tray, the blanched Brussels sprouts, bacon cut into little slivers of what they call a lard dawn, scattered around the whole thing. I think you could take slivers of garlic and kind of put that on top of that too. I think you could take um, a julienne of onion and slide that around and just really kind of create some like flavor profiles so that could be really savory and delicious. And then I want you to to, to take uh, your your oven, turn the broiler on, Okay. And then I want you to like put your your the chicken not on the top top but in the middle of the oven on broil right and then I want you to just like keep an eye on it. Now you may have to flip the chicken breast over once or twice because the, of the the heat from the boiler will begin to brown your chicken, but that's what you want, right? And then ultimately because you blanch the Brussels sprouts, everything is going to cook evenly at the same time. And then you're going to use an insulated thermometer and you're going to drop it into the chicken breast. Are you looking for? kind of a finish temperature around like 155, 157. Anything past 160, you're starting to dry the chicken breast out. So pull it out a little early. Um, but I, I think this will probably take, you know, 12, 15 minutes in the oven. And then once you take it out and you kind of let it rest a little bit, you can, gosh, you could you could serve that. You could drizzle ranch dressing on top of that. It would be spectacular. Or you could take like a, like a, like a little lemon vinaigrette or something and kind of put it on top of that would be really great. Olive oil, balsamic would be really nice on that. You could serve that with mashed potatoes. You can serve it at risotto if you want to be fancy. But I think that would be a really good kind of like method to get into something. I wrote um, I wrote a children's book about 15 years ago called Start Fresh. And it was really like a, a manual uh, for young parents because, you know, we had our, our teenagers were babies at one point in time. And, uh, and we were cooking at home often. And the sheet pan thing to me was just such a great kind of innovation that we got a full meal with a protein and a carbohydrate and a great vegetable cooked at the same time. And then the kids loved it. And most importantly, what I loved about that opportunity is uh, sheet pan roasting vegetables is the fastest way to get your kids to love vegetables. There's not a, re- a vegetable that our children wouldn't eat if it were sheet pan roasted. Um, just because of, of you, you take the, the starch content and then turn that into sugar through the cooking process or the heating process. 
And then all of a sudden, everything tastes delicious and easy, super duper easy. So I think that's the big takeaway with that really good opportunity for a sheet pan meal. And it's incredibly fun. Last question about that. When you talk about blanching, kind of explain to everyone what that is after you eat some of your ice cream croissant. So blanching it. So we're going to take the Brussels sprouts, cut them in half, and then take a little bit of boiling salted water and throw them in for a couple of minutes just to kind of give them a little head start because you want to make sure that the Brussels sprouts cook all the way through and they begin to get nice and roasted, toasty, and then a, a little mushy. I, li- I like Brussels, Brussels sprouts on the well-done cook side just so they really taste nice and creamy and, and have that delicious roasted flavor. And do you have to throw them into ice water afterwards to no, shock I, the cooking? I don't think, I don't think so. I, I think uh, you, you t- take them out um, and then you can put them straight on top of the, the okay. sheet tray with everything else. So, so chicken breast, salt, pepper, olive oil, um, you know, boneless, skinless. If you want skin, I like skin. Everybody does. But if it's going to be skin, skin side up, Brussels sprouts, bacon, garlic, onion, fresh thyme would be kind of fun on that. And then you could have like a really just delicious, just, you know, like protein, really good vegetable, great dinner, simple dinner. And again, mashed potatoes would be really good with that. Um, really nice. All right. That sounds delicious. And I want to eat that tonight. Yeah. All right. The next one is from Al at the pal. He's got two questions. So the first one is Tyler, what do you think are the best foods for a date night? And then the second question, Wells, how do you cook with your partner? What makes a fun and successful date experience in the kitchen? I'll let you go first. Okay. So um, one of my favorite stories uh, with my lovely wife, Tolan, and we're going to celebrate our 18th wedding anniversary in December. Um, When we when we would the first time I cooked for her was in my apartment in New York City. And um, um, you know, one of the dishes in one of my older cookbooks, it was like a seared duck breast with spicy peanut noodles and roasted peaches. I mean, delicious, like a really, really Oof. great, yeah, right? I yeah. smashed that. She doesn't eat duck, and I didn't ask, and I just assumed she ate duck. So she she came over to the house, and I had um, uh, we had a little Boston Terrier at the time. Uh, Jake. Uh, and uh, so every time I would turn my head, she would take a slice of duck and she'd feed it to the dog. And then she didn't tell me that. I, all of a sudden, I, I looked around and then she, all of her duck was finished. And I'm like, how was dinner? She goes, oh my God, it was delicious. I'm so full. Thank you. But uh, I didn't know she didn't, you know, she didn't like duck. And now I know that my wife uh, doesn't eat anything that could could potentially have a Disney movie named after it. Uh-huh. <laughs> anything, anything with big eyelashes, anything with got fur, anything that, you know, she just won't eat it, right? So I, I think to answer your question, it's really important uh, on a date night that you know exactly what they're into. And also if, if they've got any specific allergies. So if they can't have allumin, which is like garlic and onions, or if they're allergic to dairy, right? I just wouldn't want, want you to make that mistake that you would just cook something and I'm like, oh, I, I can't, like I'm lactose intolerant or I'm gluten intolerant or I just can't eat any of that. So I think that would be the first thing to do. And another really kind of fun thing is is to, um, if you really want to impress them, and I'm assuming you do, find a little bit about their family history, right? Like if you're on a date night and then, you know, you're, you're from, you know, you grew up in the South, uh, I grew up in the South, like like if, if someone was really trying to impress me and then and then they found out that, you know, I'm from, you're from Nashville, I'm from, you know, South Carolina, whatever, right? And then they actually made some sort of like, you know, big uh, fancy dinner or fancy meal that was specifically from that region. Like if somebody made me shrimp and grits, I, I was like, wow, you really know me, don't you? 
And that's I think also that scary really nice to do. Term. That's scary to do because you have a very high elevated vision of what shrimp and grits should be. Listen, I get by the dinner at people's, by my friends' homes all the time. And I do know that it can be a little nerve wracking to have me over for dinner. But, yeah. you know, l- listen, I like chicken fingers just like everybody else. Okay. You know, I like a good, you know, uh, iceberg wedge salad just like everybody else. And my wife says that to me all the time. I'm like, babe, how come, like, how come everybody comes to our house for dinner? And she says, honey, they are terrified to have you over to their house. And I'm like, I'm like, I, I like everything just as much as everybody else. But, um, but I do think if, you know, if you take me out of the equation and you're cooking for somebody that you really want to impress on a date night, I think it, it's a couple of things. You want to know if, if they have any allergies because you don't want to make them sick for sure. But the other thing is like if you do a little bit of research on like where they're from, right? Like if they're if they're like their their family history, if they're Italian or Japanese or Spanish, or whatever, and you kind of make something that kind of fits into who they are as people, I think it looks it sounds like you're paying attention. I like that. That's what I would do. No, that's good. My piece of advice for date night is is not what you should cook, it's what you shouldn't cook. Because I did this, I made this mistake. And it's funny because you just said Brussels sprouts. Do not make Brussels sprouts on the first date because there's a good chance that they might give you some gas after the date. And then, and then if you want to get, you know, get lucky in the date, you are really living on a razor's edge there. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing. Yeah. Listen, you're going to get comfortable with each other really quick. Uh, Mm -hmm. Broccoli, right. Anything that's going to make you party. I think that's a good call. My friend, that is good advice. That's good advice. Al asked me, how do you cook with your partner and what makes a fun and successful date experience in the kitchen? So I would say that the, at least the way that I do it, I'm, I'm, I'm the main cook in our household. I'm the one doing all kind of everything, but I do want Sarah in the kitchen with me while I'm cooking. So I'm not alone. So usually what I'll do is I will give her some job to do. Like last night we did, um, we did tacos. So I was like, why don't you focus on making the guac or something? Um, or also be like, Hey, go pop a bottle of wine. Let's get the, get the decanter. You kind of do all that kind of stuff. And then it becomes a thing where you're, where you're working together and, um, you get into an experience it together. And I'll tell you what, you know, those, um, those companies that will ship you, they're like hello fresh, you know, I think. Yeah. Those are great. Yeah. I don't, they're not even a sponsor of ours, but they should be, but we used to do that all the time and it was really fun. It was very interactive. It makes date night fun. It's all pre-portioned. So it's kind of easy to do. So yeah, I, that's, that's my suggestion for uh, for date night. Just stay away from the, the broccoli and the party stuff, the party stuff. Stay away from the party stuff. Those, I think milk kits, if you're really starting to learn how to cook, my, and my oldest son is 27 and, uh, and he's really getting into, cooking and meal kits are his go-to like you know and he grew up living in a chef's house mm-hmm. and he's really experiencing although he's not a chef he's, he's a cybersecurity engineer he's a tech guy and his foyer now that he's you know got a serious girlfriend they live together and cooking on a date night is something they do at home a lot and these meal kits are a great thing to just sort of share i like how everything comes pre-portioned mm-hmm. and pre-cut so there's no real, you know, you don't have to go to the grocery store and kind of start a recipe from scratch. You kind of, as if you've got a sous chef that's kind of prepping everything for you. So you get to dump and stir and not so much shop and shop, which is always like the really hard part. Um, so I think that's a really great idea too. If you've got, you know, um, if you've got a great, um, um, you know, recipe inside some of those delivery kit uh, companies that do a great job of that, 
you know, just get order one of your slam dunk dishes, you know, and just and just get ready to, um, you know, make it fancy and have a good time. Just stay away from the farty stuff. I think that's great advice. Yeah. And, and with those meal kits, too, like once you kind of learn, they're all very basic things. Um, and then once you learn how to do it, you can you can go do it for much cheaper. You can be like, I just need a chicken breast and, you know, some sour cream or whatever. And you can pick that up at, at the store. But what we like to do, because I am kind of adventurous in the kitchen when we were doing those milk kit things, I'd be like, you know, what would be, would make this better. And then like, try to kind of take it up a notch and yep. start playing a little bit of audible stuff. And, um, and that's always fun when you get to kind of like change things around. Like, look what I made. This is the chef didn't even think of this. So I created this, which is always fun. That's when cooking becomes fun. Mm-hmm. When you've got, 10, 15 dishes under your belt that you feel like you're really good at. And then you could just riff on the ingredients to make new dishes, right? Mm-hmm. So if you've got a great pasta sauce that you could substitute some vegetables and kind of go a different direction with it. Or if you've got a really great like steak technique and you can put different ingredients with it to go different things with it. Like that to me is where the cooking feels like it's breezy and you're not hooked onto or tethered to a recipe and you're scooping a tablespoon of this and scooping a tablespoon of that. You're just riffing on it like it's jazz music. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately when you get to that point of cooking, it's the best. Yeah. I don't know if, if the listeners out there have gotten into like the TikTok and the Instagram algorithm of like chefs uh, stuff, but I, that's definitely like half the stuff that I'm seeing is, is chef stuff on TikTok, which I think is, is so much fun. And I'm young. So I, I guess I, I don't know all the older chefs, but I'm, for some reason, really gotten honed in on Jacques Pepin. Is that his name? Jacques Pepin. Yep, exactly. He's, he's a good friend of mine. Yep. Is he really? Okay, so I love his whole shtick. And he makes very simple stuff, but he's this obviously like this amazing French cook. But the things that he, at least on TikTok, I think they're just old like KQED things that he's done. But it's really, really wonderful to see very simple dishes because a lot of times on TikTok they really do like crazy outlandish like I don't know if I want to try that but when you find that lane in TikTok where it's like I could definitely do this this is this is doable uh, then it becomes fun yeah Jacques Pepin was the chef for six French presidents really yep so I, I got a chance to interview him on his last book tour in Marin County. And uh, we, we did a conversation with, I was on stage with him for an hour and a half, and I got a chance to interview him. And a lot of people know Jacques Pepin through his uh, time cooking with Julia Childs on PBS. Mm. So it's the Jacques and Julia series where they both became incredibly famous because they just had the really good banter back and forth. And, and you know, they, they would talk to each other and, you know, have like kind of smart, quippy things, you know, very PBS style, of course, mm-hmm. right? but like smart, quippy things kind of going back and forth with each other. But 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 his story is so incredibly fascinating, and he's definitely like if I end up becoming Jacques Pepin, I feel like I've lived my lived my life the right way, uh, because he's one of the greatest chefs in America. Uh, uh, America's lucky to have him, and he's a really good friend. That's awesome. I, I'm hoping yeah. that you were going to say that you liked him, because if you were going to be like, mm, I'm like oh, no, I, don't, <laughs> I, I, I love him. I, I I can't talk shit about some some people, but but it's not Jacques Pepin. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. He's as good as it gets. Yeah. Well, anyways, if there are any uh, listeners out there that want like very simple recipes, he it does them in like four minutes. I'm sure they're cut down or, or or whatnot, but like very very simple stuff, and it's very very. I've tried a bunch of them out. Very very good. Um, yeah, okay. he's he's in his mid to late 80s now, and and his his um his television production has been really stripped down. It's just him by himself in a kitchen with someone. Yeah. Looks like they're kind of holding a cell phone, but it's great. It's still great yeah. content. Uh, but his stuff right now, it, it's he's so focused on 
simple ingredients and great techniques and getting the job done. And this food is fabulous. Hey, it's Danielle Fischel, Ryder Strong, and Will Friedell. But you know us best as Topanga, Sean, and Eric from Boy Meets World. And now, Pod Meets World, the podcast where we've been sitting down weekly to rewatch the show we starred in as kids, and we've been unpacking, well, a lot. And we've been taking the show on the road with the Kids Wanna Jump Tour, where every stop in cities across the U.S. has been totally different and pretty hilarious, if I do say so myself. But we know not everyone can join us, so we're happy to announce that our recent 30th anniversary of the show, live from the Met in Philadelphia, will now be available to stream no matter where you live. Our biggest show yet, in the hometown of the Matthews, featuring appearances by Trina, Angela McGee, Matthew Lawrence, a.k.a. Jack Hunter, Tony, Mr. Turner Quinn, and Danny Harley McNulty, who makes a very special surprise visit. It was so much fun, and now you can experience it from the comfort of your own home. It will be available on December 11th at 5 p.m. Pacific. You can learn more about how you can watch at veeps.events slash podmeetsworld. December 11th, your birthday. That's birthday true. Boy. And this stream will be the only way to see or hear the Philadelphia show. We won't ever be airing it again, and we won't be releasing it as a podcast. Get all the info on streaming the live Pod Meets World show so you don't miss out. Go to veeps, V-E-E-P-S dot events slash podmeetsworld now. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursion? Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay, question number three. This is from uh, Douglas Profit. Uh, what is your favorite thing to make for breakfast? Ooh, I almost want to show you, if I can brag for a second, this new breakfast sandwich that we're making here at the cafe. Okay. It's, kind of, it's kind of fire, man. So I breakfast sandwiches are the jam, right? So you know, yeah. during the pandemic, you know, everybody was um, was making you know, sourdough bread. And I, I took my 16-year-old son and I taught him how to master a three-egg omelet. 
So that's kind of our jam. So I, I, I call it um, a three egg fatty at the house. Okay. So, so when the kids get up in the morning, like dad can have a three egg fatty and the three egg fatty is just like a plump, delicious stuffed omelet that it's just like perfectly, perfectly cooked. And, and so to me, that's one of those things, obviously as a chef, you can roast a chicken, you can cook anything. If you can make an omelet, you can really cook anything. It's just like the technique and the time and the awareness of perfect, I think really kind of comes to play in simple dishes like that. So um, a good nonstick pan, I think it's going to be really important um, in an uh, in eight inch Nonstick is going to give you the perfect circumference for an omelet. Three eggs is the perfect uh, quantity of, of wet egg to, to make sure you get the perfect roll. Two eggs will give you a thin omelet that has the potentially to crack or break, or three um, will give you both the, 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 the coverage and the thickness um, where you can kind of roll it and it'll hold up perfectly. And, and it's just kind of like one of those things that like once you master it and, and make it and, and it's perfect – like you'll never not like you you've mastered one of the greatest things on planet earth and that's how to make really good on right? so i'll start off with three eggs i'll crack them into a bowl um whisk them until they're completely incorporated and completely smooth so there's no visible white no visible streaks of yellow it's all just sort of like pale you know butter yellow and it's just like really good frothy whipped eggs um and and then and i don't put anything in that necessarily there's no salt no pepper no anything and then I'll take um, I'll take a couple of tablespoons of butter and cut it, and, and it's okay if it's cold. Cut it into small cubes. Get your nonstick pan together, and you you also you'll need um, a a really good um, Teflon rubber spatula that can withstand super high temperatures like five hundred degrees. And and then you want to start off your your pan on on low. So to make a really really good omelet, uh, you're going to want to transfer the heat through the wet eggs so they begin to cook without overcooking the eggs because protein by and large hates high temperature like the difference between like like a like a, a hammered well-done steak and slow smoked barbecue right like low and slow is always the way to go the difference between having rock hard scrambled eggs at a diner and a creme brulee low and slow right always is always the way to go so you want to put the pan over low a low flame, add your three eggs to the pan itself, and then take your whole butter and throw it in there. So don't put butter into the pan first and melt it. Throw your whole butter into the wet eggs and let that whole butter start to incorporate to give your eggs some richness. Okay. Then you're going to add some salt to that. And then you're going to take your, your, your spatula and you're going to begin to stir. And then at, for a second, it feels like, God, I'm not doing anything. And then you'll start to see streaks of cooked egg start to pop up, right? And then a little streak of cooked egg will start to pop up on the side. And you're going to stir all this egg in back upon itself until it starts to feel like, okay, I'm making scrambled eggs now. I'm clearly scrambling the eggs. And then, and then you stir and you stir and you stir until it starts to feel like, okay, this is starting to become one even raft on the bottom. And then you want to stop. Now, the eggs on top are going to look like they're not cooked all the way through. But if you had to sort of look back from a side angle, the eggs on the bottom are perfectly cooked. There's a little bit of moisture on top. And ultimately, that's going to give you a really delicious, nice, soft scrambled egg omelet. Do you like your your, your eggs soft scrambled? Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay, great. Me too. Because that, that's going to give you that, that yummy unctuousness uh, from a really good omelet that's not dry and hard and crumbly. Like you want... The inside of the the omelet's almost read like a sauce, 
right? So now, now, so so once you've got your eggs kind of in a really really good place, salt a little bit, hit it with a little cracked pepper, and then and then you want to add uh, some melted cheese to that. This is where I become famous for my three egg fatty because you just want to put a little bit of cheese on top of that. So it could be cheddar, um, it could be Mon I like Monterey Jack. I like Monterey Jack and avocado and bacon. That's a really good combo. What's a cheese that's not good for uh, cooking with eggs? Blue cheese. Uh, yeah. What about is Parmesan yeah. bad? Parmesan's good. I mean, the, the Parmesan's not going to give you that. Like when I cut into mine, yeah, I'm fully expecting a little bit of cheese pull at the end. Totally. You know, like high butter fat. It's like uh, dried Parmesan cheese. That almost kind of feels like a frittata in yeah. a way, right? That's it's, it's just sort of a different thing. Good, but not like big butter fat, melty, mm -hmm. yummy. You know, like I think Gruyere is a nice uh, cheese. Gosh, anything that would really give you Munster, Munster cheese. It's like it's like one of those um, like cheeses that's kind of under the radar. That is so stretchy. It's so, I mean, honestly, Munster, we actually, uh, uh, for this thing we did, got a couple years ago, we act, we took um, uh, cheeses that we thought would get really stretchy, like cheddar, um, Munster, um, Monterey Jack. We cut an even weight cube of each one, popped them out of the broiler evenly, and then we just took a fork and see how far we could stretch each one to see which cheese would get the stretchiest. Mm -hmm. And Munster cheese is the stretchiest of all the stretchy cheeses. The good cheese pull. Really, yeah, really, really, really good, right? All right, so so then, so it's a little bit of cheese, not too much, right? Because if you overstuff your omelet, then it's going to be really hard to roll up, mm -hmm. okay? So so a little bit of a little bit of stuff on the inside. Don't, don't you know, don't go crazy because uh, you want to be able to, to elegantly fold the, the egg over on, on top of yourself, right? So then, so then you've got you you got your base layer. The top part of the cheese is uh, top part of the egg is nice and soft, almost like a custard. Um, you've got your cheese on top of that. Then you're going to take the the back side of the omelet cl closest to the handle that you're holding, and you're just going to take your spatula and loosen up the egg. And then you're going to take the a lip of the egg, and then you're going to stick it into the egg, stick it into the cheese. Okay, that's your first fold for your omelet. That's your first fold, right? Cheese is and the glue. Then, and the cheese is the glue. The cheese is the glue. It's going to hold the first fold over. And then the second fold, you're going to go in with the spatula, get it underneath the egg a little bit further. And then and then if you've got a wide spatula, even better, because you can get better lift on it. And then you want to flip it just once. Boom. Okay, that's going to be the third fold. And then the, the second fold. The third fold is going to happen on the plate. Okay? So, you got, so the first lip is going to stick to the cheese. The second flip is going to really just... Um, uh, gonna gonna start to form the shape of the omelet, boom, and then when you when you want to stick the dismount right with the plate itself with the eggs, um, you're gonna take your your um, your saute pan right and set it so and you're gonna hold it like this where you normally cook something. You're gonna flip it and then you would turn it sideways where the pan would stick out from the other opposite direction. All right, and then you're gonna you're gonna start to just roll it out onto a plate and almost turn the whole pan upside down. Mm. Now this will take this will take a little bit of practice to get it right. But once you kind of land the dismount, you'll know how to kind of just kind of put enough energy where you're gonna where the, the egg will, will just roll on itself onto the plate. And if it gets a little floppy, no big deal. I'll just take a clean kitchen towel and just just put it on top of the, the omelet and just shape it a little bit. Just get shape it. Now I uh the Best case scenario, your omelet has no brown color whatsoever on the outside. It's just neon yellow because you cooked it at such a low temperature that it never really got to that high heat where it began to caramelize the eggs. Because the sign of a perfect Michelin omelet 
no brown color whatsoever. And then I'll take another little pat of butter and I'll just I'll smear it over top of the egg to make it nice and shiny. And then and then you know a little pieces of toast. Now if, if you want to if you want to make it like the bear, right? Then then you want to crush some potato chips on top of it. That's kind of a fun little bite. Yeah. But I think to answer your question, like what what do I love to make for breakfast? My omelets are fire. My omelets are absolute fire. So are my pancakes. We can jump into that too if you want to. But pancakes are another really good one to just sort of master. I think if you could if you could master um uh like a like a really good like two sunny side up egg combo in a nonstick pan with just like toast and bacon, I think that's a really great dish um, that you can you can make for people. Omelets are really great. Um, um, smoked uh, um, scrambled eggs in volume. Like I've got a really good uh, uh, fourteen inch nonstick pan. So if we're if I'm making brunch for a lot of people, that's the pan I'm going to pull out. And I'll crack a dozen eggs and I'll just make scrambled eggs for everybody. And so, and then, then with those big, huge quantities, I'll just lay smoked salmon straight over top of the scrambled eggs, dollops of creme fraiche, nice fresh chive, good cracked pepper, some lemon zest on top of that. That with some toast, that's really special too. Avocado would be good with that as well. Um, but to answer your question, brother, omelets are my jam, pancakes are my jam. Um, and th- that's what I make the most in the kitchen Oof. at home. Yeah. And tell me about this sandwich that's about to come out. Okay. So at Miller and Lux Provisions, we are mastering because the pastry side is going to open up at 730 in the morning. Um, our coffee is spectacular. It's roasted every day in Jackson Square here in San Francisco. And the, the coffee is amazing. And our breakfast sandwich, Matt, our, my culinary director, you met Matt a couple of times. Oh, yeah. He's going to bring it out right now. Uh, toasted brioche, soft scrambled eggs. Cheese, uh, um, uh, sausage, I think it's in sausage already, and spicy mayonnaise. So brioche, scrambled eggs, cheese, sauce, and spicy mayonnaise, and it gets really, really super gushy. Oof. And uh, I, I think we sold about 70 of them this morning. Really? It's like out the door. Was it something that you out didn't think you were going to sell a lot of, and you're like, whoa, okay, well, now we got to rethink what we're ordering? Well, I, I think we're we're gonna we're gonna reshape this uh, station in the back to kind of make room for the success. But I I think it's gonna be just one of those big hits. Yeah. Um, soft serve soft serve croissant cone that's gonna be fire. Coffee is gonna be great. All the pastries are amazing. And I think this breakfast sandwich is gonna be ridiculous. All right. Um, I hope Douglas that uh, that answers your question. I and I want to try that because. I've heard that like if you can roast a chicken or if you can make like the perfect omelet and I've tried to do the omelet uh, as best I can. And I, I feel like I never get the the fold, the last fold, right? Like it kind of like breaks there at the end. Um, and so now that I've heard the the trick of you got to change your hand position on the pan for the flip, that might, that might help me out. How about this? Let's FaceTime. Let's you and I make one together. I think this would be okay. a really good concept and answer your hand page. And then let, let's uh, we'll have um, uh omelet one one lesson. I think a lot of people will, will get a lot out of that. That's a very good idea. I'm ready for that. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Last question from Chris: What is the best rub to use on fish, particularly salmon? Well, I, I I'm not a big fan of rubs on fish, to be honest with you. I, I think I can I can make up something that I think would be really really great. But when I think about rubs, I'm thinking about chicken. I'm thinking about pork. I'm thinking about beef specifically, right? Because um, when, when we kind of get into the barbecue world, and we're really good at that too, um, uh, some of our dry rubs are amazing. Uh, we have a porcini rub that's just breathtakingly delicious on beef and pork. 
Um, our California dry rub is really good on chicken and ribs. And so we got a handful of these things that they're, that are really, really delicious. Now there's a, in my new cookbook coming out American grill, there's a, a Meyer lemon sea salt, which is really nice. Right. And that's just literally Meyer lemon skin and salt um, in a, in a small little uh, spice grinder pulse down until you get this neon yellow sea salt, which I think is really, really great. Now that just me, that just me and sorry, the cops are on that, but um, that's just me, but let's answer uh, Chris's question. And I'm just going to live stream like a really good dry rub for, for salmon because salmon can hold up the barbecue flavors. I mean, barbecue salmon is, is a thing. It could be really good. Mm -hmm. So, so, um, okay. I'm just going to, I'm going to totally make this up, but um, cedar plank salmon. Have you ever done that before? Yes. It's very fun. It's great, right? Very fun. Very cool. Super fun. Yeah, it's just super fun. So, so if you've never had like cedar plank salmon, you can totally just just go on Amazon, just look, just type in cedar plank salmon, and this you you can buy these planks of of of, of wood, cedar wood, that you want to soak in water because you want them to kind of like um, emit a little steam um, as as also the sort of like toasted wood aroma. So you're kind of smoking the fish on wood, which is really really nice, and it, and also the presentation is really nice as well. Um, but but the but the fish is super beautiful. So if if you took um, okay, so our California dry. Let me think this through. So okay, so the base is going to be uh, paprika, smoked paprika. Thank you, Matt. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. All right, so we just switched gears really. So this is our Miller and Lux breakfast sando. Looks like some some avocado in there. Yeah, man. So we, we, uh, Matt went for the avocado sausage upgrades. So it's like a little three egg omelet, sliced uh, avocado, sausage, and then spicy mayonnaise. And we sold about 70 of this morning. 71 now, because you're eating it. Oh, that looks good. Yeah, baby. I'm so good. Oh, I'm jealous. Yeah, man. That's fantastic. Okay. So, California dry rub. So we're, we're going to go. Well, sorry, everybody talked my mouth full, but you know, yeah. when you get the breakfast sandwich, you got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. You were on paprika, I believe. Paprika, onion powder, garlic powder. So that would be the base. Black pepper. I think a little bit of chipotle powder. Really nice in that. Dried cumin. Okay. So with that, if you, if you just like Google search like Tyler Florence dry rub, I'd, I'd have to pull it up and look at it because there's a recipe I wrote so long ago to give you the exact ratios on top of this. But smoked paprika is going to be the base. Onion powder, garlic powder is going to give you the savoriness. Of course, you're going to need some salt. Of course, you're going to need a, a lemon zest in that or lime zest. Lime zest could be kind of fun too. Um, coriander and cumin. Now, I just made that up. It's not tested or anything. But if you Google search Tyler Florence dry rub, you're definitely going to find like something that kind of feels like this. And all the recipes online are tested down to the grain of salt. So they all totally work. So, Okay, so you've got you got your grill set ready to rock and roll, and gas grill, charcoal grill, whatever, all kind of the same thing. Um, you you're, you're, you'll you want to take your cedar plank, soak them a little bit of water, and then and then take your fish, uh, uh, give it a nice coating with all these like really kind of wonderful dry rub spices, and then put them onto depending on how big your cedar planks are. Um, give yourself a little bit of room in between, in between the 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 cut, so so they'll cook evenly, and then basically just like. Put them on top of that, uh, put them on the hot side of the grill, and then close the lid and kind of bake them on the grill on top of the cedar planks. And I think that would be spectacular. And let's just call that barbecued salmon. Yeah, it's, it sounds like almost like yeah. um, like a blackening seasoning that you created, right? Yep, kind of for sure. 
And blackening is uh, is a technique that was invented by Paul Prudhomme mm-hmm. um, at uh, K Paul's, his restaurant in New Orleans, back in like the seventies and eighties. Um, that was like one of the hottest culinary trends in America for twenty years. Um, and so, so similar flavor profile. Um, and with blackening, of course, that's like a hot, dry pan that you're just going to get a super hot char. I don't love that, um, but I do like the flavor profile of a really good dry rub like that. I think it's nice. Yeah, and I think the last thing that um, I wanted to talk to you about because you you kind of creating this like seasoning or a salt is a lot of like I I do it too. Like a, a lot of people make their own uh, kind of like flavored salt so i do a rosemary salt with some garlic and some like lemon zest and you kind of throw that into a food processor and then i've got this kind of like green gold that i can use maybe not for salmon but for i i love it on my on on chicken and and definitely on on beef and stuff i think that's a fun thing to do is to kind of create your own seasoned salt yeah for sure and and i I can't remember like when i did this it was one of those instagram posts because i was just you know bored on Sunday and sometimes I'll just like come up with fun stuff um but if, if you take because I, I don't really like to throw anything out in the kitchen because mm-hmm. everything everything has a culinary value every even scraps they all have culinary value so if you're if you're consistently cooking right you're thinking through carrot peels and onion trimmings and mushroom stems and parsley stems and all this kind of stuff if you'll just throw this into a, a ziploc bag and then throw it in the freezer and collect some stuff, right? So let's say at the end of the month, you've got this bag. It's got like a couple of carrot tops. It's got some red bell pepper trims. It's got, you know, some parsley stems. It's got whatever, right? So if you put those onto a sheet tray, uh, as, as low as your oven will go, and mine will go to about 180, right? As low as your oven will go. And just dry them out. Just take, try you know, put them in there overnight and just dry them out uh, until you can take all the moisture where they feel super brittle. And then if you take that and you put that in a food processor or actually have a spice mill, which grinds up things super fine, and then grind that down to a powder and add some salt to it. And it's like this, what I call veggie salt. And it's delicious. Mm -hmm. It's delicious, right? And it's like that kind of quick seasoning. Um, You know, like back in like the 80s, like our parents used to use things called like Mrs. Dash. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? So Mm -hmm. he has this like Mrs. Dash vibe, but it's just like all of a sudden it's like kind of a complex well-rounded, interesting seasoning thing that feels like vegetative, salty because you got the salt in it, but it's just more complex than just adding salt and pepper. So I'd like using those things all the time. All right. Uh, we have a lot to do uh, after this episode because I got to go make a breakfast sandwich. Yeah. I got to season some salmon, get some uh, some cedar planks. Eat some ice cream. I got to eat some ice what cream. What do we do? I got to make some okay, yep. croissants, I guess, and pipe them in there. Yeah. This has been a really fun episode. I think it's these episodes where I learn the most about cooking. It's also these episodes that make me the most inspired to go do it. So we love doing these. If you want to ask us questions, please go over to our Instagram at two dudes in a kitchen, DM us your questions. We'll save them. And about every month we'll do one of these episodes. And yeah, thank you guys so much for, for writing in. This was such a fun episode. And if you're in San Francisco, Please go to just for me because I, I want to live vicariously through you. Go to Miller and Lux Provisions and try all the things that he was talking about today. Thank you, guys. And, and so th- there's like the bells and whistles with two dudes in the kitchen because I think we have really unbelievably cool guests. And then there's the nuts and bolts, mm-hmm. and that's that's us doing really kind of fun episodes like this where we're answering your cooking questions because I can, I think that's where the rubber meets the road. We like having a good time with people, but we want the takeaway to be super high. 
So we want you to be inspired to get in the kitchen, to play around and explore some stuff. Also, uh, if you're cooking something, take some pictures and post it. We'll be happy to repost that on our Instagram page too. We'll make you Insta famous. And, uh, and I just love doing this. It's a blast. Yeah, this is a great episode. Tyler, thank you so much for uh, making yourself available. I know on a day that I'm sure was very, very busy for you. And everyone out there, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Two Dudes in a Kitchen. Make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. <laughs> we'll take that. And we'll see you guys next time. See you next time. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.